0: Let's shift into wellness. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Amber Patchla, health coach, essential oils educator, wellness advocate, and lover of life. In this podcast, we will touch on all things wellness and journey together to become our healthiest and strongest selves in body, mind, and spirit. Join me and my amazing guests every week as we discuss all things health and wellness and how you can take steps to be a happier and healthier version of you. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Shift Into Wellness. Thanks so much for being here again. Today's episode was another exciting one for me this episode is once again touching on the world of essential oils which have become just a part of my lifestyle and um such a such a huge part of my life and and you know how much i love them Today's guest, Samantha Lee Wright, is the host of the Essential Oil Revolution podcast, which is the world's number 1 podcast on essential oils. I found her podcast months and months ago uh when I was really getting into podcasts and and it was perfect. Um I was also really getting into essential oils at the time and it's an awesome podcast. You should de- definitely check it out. I'm certainly going to attach uh, her- the information in the show notes, but uh, I've learned a lot um, through her podcast. She usually, she doesn't do a lot of solos, but she she has a lot of uh, very knowledgeable guests on friggin' every subject you, you can imagine. And um, she does cool things like a DIY dugout, which has like, you know, remedies or or blends um, that that people submit to her. So I've got lots of great suggestions from there. And uh, it's just a really cool pod. So if you're into essential oils, check her out. Um, Samantha deals with young living essential oils. And obviously I uh, support doTERRA. I think that these are two of the largest um, essential oil companies in the world uh but when I reached out to her I just said do you think a you know a young living advocate and a doTERRA advocate could do a collab and she said absolutely and I was just so excited because in my opinion there's just no need to be shitting on anybody unless they're like shitty essential oils (laughs) um but there's just there's room for everybody and uh I was just so pleased that she said yes. Um, and so when I when I was thinking I, I, about what I was going to interview her about, because it could be a bajillion things in the essential oil world, I thought one thing that sticks out to me is when, when I listen to her podcast is she often talks about her family and her children and using essential oils with them. And I thought, wow, that's fantastic because I don't have kids. And everything that I've learned about um, how to help my own team and people that I know uh, with using essential oils with their in their home and in their family with their family and particularly with their children I've just learned from other people and so I thought why not get an expert on that can speak to using essential oils safely with kids and at home. Um, who has experienced it. And she is that person. And so today we talk about just that. And she gives us lots of great suggestions. And you'll definitely hear her talking about a few Young Living blends, which of course, you're more than welcome to check out. But uh, I do want you to know that doTERRA also offers a kids line. We featured um, even Thinker in September when school was back, but there's, there's loads of them. Um, for you to check out uh, my the link to my doTERRA website is in the show notes you know you know I'm always here for you Um, and uh, yeah definitely definitely give that a little bit of thought Um, I hope you enjoy today's episode I just think she is just so well spoken and her voice is so lovely and she's just a beautiful person reach out with any questions. And uh, I hope you get so much from this, particularly those of you looking to really start to utilize essential oils uh, with your family. Thanks again for being here and enjoy everybody. Hi, Samantha. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much
1: for being here today. Yeah. Hi, Amber. Thanks for having me. Super glad to be here.
0: Oh, my pleasure. I love, love, love your podcast. And I've learned so much from you. So I just I couldn't appreciate it more. Oh, thank you. Let's dive into it. I just for for those listeners who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your introduction to essential oils and how you got into them?
1: Yeah, my introduction to essential oils came about seven years ago and was Probably the most just cross-roady, I'm going to turn that into an adjective, uh, cross-roady thing <laughs> that really ever happened to me at the time. Uh, we were a family of four. I was actually pregnant with my second, so I guess three and a half, and uh, my husband was working construction, you know, almost full time, a little seasonally, because we live in a, a place where there's really harsh winters. And we were just a young, struggling family. Um, we were making about $17,000 a year and mm-hmm. and living off of that, which is, you know, hard. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not easy. And, um, and I'd always been Slightly on the entrepreneurial side, you know, I I was never a very good employee, let's say, because after a couple of months of working for someone else, I would always get a little itchy and a little, a little bored mm-hmm. and a more like, oh man, I kinda hate being here every day, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> no matter mm-hmm. how much I love the work. And so um, I'd also always been a little bit of a hippy-dippy chick as well, very into alternative health and wellness, holistic living. But essential oils was just one of those things that had never crossed my path before. And then a friend introduced me to them and just sort of painted them in this picture that I had never realized before, where she really put it into perspective of essential oils are really just another form of plant medicine. Mm -hmm. I'd been using teas and tinctures and had a, a very big respect for the plant world and the way humans can interact with the plant world before. So when she made that correlation for me and and shared some stories with me of how much this was really impacting families and their ability to live healthier, their ability to maybe wind down on certain pharmaceuticals and things like that, Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then on top of that, when she was also like, oh, and I'm making a living off of sharing this with (laughs) other people, I was like, well, dang, my world just shifted. You know, I was just like, wow, can I do that? Can I be my own boss? So I was definitely one of those, you know, young new moms, you know, in the carpool line, smelling like patchouli, going, "Who wants to go to my Ola party?" You know, <laughs> that was
0: totally, totally
1: me, <laughs> and um, and it was just a very it was a very profound shift in my life for a lot of empowerment kind of all wrapped up Mm. into not only am I now, you know, my own boss and trying to find financial independence and get my family out of poverty, but I'm also doing it in a way that's totally 100% in line with my values of teaching others and myself living a holistic lifestyle and really empowering myself with tools in my home to be able to, live my healthiest life, not be totally dependent on the Western medical world either. Mm -hmm. So it was just this like cosmic experience of, wow, like this thing called essential oils has now become a really big part of your life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it turns into a lifestyle, right? Yeah. Uh, it's quite amazing. I've, I've, I've had a similar experience myself. Um, However, we differ in that you have uh, kids in a family, and that's really—I mean, there were a million things I could talk to you about today, but it's one thing that I really wanted to focus on with you because um, I also—I also, I also um, sell uh, essential oils, but a lot of people do have questions about about safety. So we've—I've talked with with another person about safety and quality um, when using, you know, essential oils in the home we'll just start with what do you say to people who are nervous of it um particularly with you know pets and children <laughs> and then we'll I'll get into asking you some some lifestyle and, and kid questions if that's cool
1: yeah so for people who are really nervous going into approaching essential oils in the use with their children fur babies included it it's really a matter of, Perspective. I try to just give them a slightly different perspective because a lot of times those people are, are fed fear through mm. the internet, which is a very easy place to go find fear if you're looking for it. Mm. And there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of very strong, um, di- you know, divisive opinions about essential oils who essentially will tell you oh, if you use essential oils on your cats or your kids, then you're basically a murderer. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like, no joke, that's the extremes that people can can go to. Mm -hmm. So first, I try to just tell them, you know, that's the Internet. Let's put that into perspective. Let's also look at how many things we use in our daily life all the time on our children, on our fur babies, really without much question, including over the counters, pharmaceuticals, cleaners, shampoos, you know, and, and we're often learning later, oh, Johnson and Johnson has just been sued for like putting this yeah. nasty chemical in a baby product. You know, everything has an inherent level of risk. And if let's just compare essential oils, for example, to like ibuprofen for kids, is ibuprofen going to kill your kids? No, not if you use it properly, mm-hmm, <laughs> not mm-hmm. if you don't overuse it, not if you Uh, use it responsibly. Can it harm your children? Yeah. Just like too much water or too much spinach can harm a child. So it's, it's a matter of perspective. Yes. Everything in this world has a certain level of risk and that's why everything in this world should be approached and used with a certain level of common sense and respect. We need to respect these oils that yes, are very potent and very powerful, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater because they can also be highly effective, useful tools that have so many benefits for ourselves and for our children.
0: Okay, fantastic. So with kids, with children, so you you introduced them into your life when you already had one child and, and another on the way. Um, I have people asking me, about you know uses uh for kids for for a lot for calming to be honest for and sleep at night calming and then and then cold and flu Uh, could you give us some tips or favorites on any of those and and you know if you were comfortable using them with your kids at first if you came around to it Broad question. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I really had no hesitation when using with mm. my children. Personally, I consider myself a very liberal user of essential oils, and I think that that's important to understand. There are conservative users of essential oils. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are liberal users of essential oils. There's nothing wrong with that either. So I openly admit, yeah, I'm a liberal user. Like I'm willing mm. to slap on a bunch of oil, see what happens. I have a certain inherent trust in myself in my body and in my ability to tune in to what's too much or what's not working other people who are more conservative they just are willing to take a little less risk or they're not as comfortable kind of diving into the unknown and that's totally fine as well so mm-hmm. me personally um, yeah, I started using them very early on. Uh, my, my daughter, when she was born, um, I made a butt cream for her. That was, I mm. that was one of the first things, <laughs> um, that I did because, you know, babies got butts that are always getting rashy and always mm. kind of needing some help. And so just a very simple, uh, mixture that I made was just coconut oil. And then there's a blend called peace and calming. Um, I'm sorry. Gentle Babies. That's the one that I use. There's a blend Mm -hmm. called Gentle Babies that I'm sorry, I can't quote all the ingredients in it, but um, I I believe it has blue tansy and what's the other staple one? Um, Roman chamomile, I believe Mm -hmm. is in there. And those two alone, Roman chamomile is a wonderful one for children and all things skin and pretty much all things that are things, <laughs> is good for. and so yeah, early on that was uh that was in a little concoction that I used. And but it worked. Um, and it yeah, worked amazingly, I am- mean amazingly. Um but when when using oils with your kids, I have like five golden rules if you want me to share that can oh, it would help be amazing. Are- sure, sure. So um, I'll just go through and you interrupt me if I'm talking too much, but Uh, Number one golden rule when using oils with kids or fur babies as well is high quality oils only. I mean, and this is something I really have to harp on because it's such a misunderstanding in the oil world. People think that all essential oils are created equally. And so they hear all these wonderful things about essential oils doing this or that. And then they run on down to the um, to the grocery store or, God forbid, the gas station and pick up some <laughs> lavender from the gas station mm-hmm. and take it home and, and slap it on and, and, you know, get a rash or get some really negative uh, reaction. And the truth of the matter is adulteration in the essential oil industry is so rampant. Even a small amount of incorrectly distilled or adulterated oil can cause some really negative reactions, especially in small children. So first and foremost, you have to find a source that you trust to provide mm. you with high quality, pure, unadulterated essential oils for use with your kids and your pets. That's just really number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I liken it to I make the analogy of bread a lot. Bread is bread but which bread is healthier for you? The one you spend $10 on at the farmer's market or the one you spend $1 on at the dollar store, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. absolutely call them both bread, but are they really the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. And then golden rule number two is just that kids require a little more caution. So, you know, there's very little research conducted in this area in particular. There's as humans, We, we conduct our scientific studies very specifically. It's very difficult to conduct a scientific study on kids when you're talking about, um, really anything, but due to the concentrated nature of essential oils, it's really best to approach the use of oils in kids very cautiously Mm. because their skin is immature. Their livers are immature. So everything you're putting on or in their bodies just has to filter through in in a slightly less uh, mature environment. So that is to say it's safe to use oils with kids, but go low as in use Mm -hmm. a very little amount, go slow as in, you know, you don't need to put oils on 50 times a day on your kids and, <laughs> and then just very carefully observe the outcomes. You know, if you're using a lot of essential oils in the house and you notice all of a sudden your kid has as a rash out of nowhere then it's like, okay, maybe that's your that that's that little liver telling you, oh, slow down a little bit. I'm trying to filter too much, too much mm. at one time. Mm-hmm. So, I always say start with one drop. One drop. Right. It's really all you need. Um, and dilute, dilute. And that's, that's rule number three is when you're using it with children, you always want to dilute the oil. Um, even adults, I tend to give this advice, um, just better safe than sorry. Let's always dilute our oils, except for some circumstances. But when you're new and you don't really quite understand all the complexities of those circumstances of using oils undiluted or, or what we call neat then mm-hmm. just just dilute it. Get some coconut oil, get some olive oil, get some jojoba oil, whatever fatty-based oil you you want to use. And my very rule of thumb guideline is with children um, under one years old, you want to use one drop of essential oil to every one tablespoon of carrier oil.
0: Okay, so
1: that's that's very diluted. Mm. Um, for two to six year olds, one drop of essential oil to every teaspoon of carrier oil. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when you get to like seven, seven to 12 ish, um, three to four drops for every teaspoon of carrier oil. And then above 12, about four to six drops of oil to every one teaspoon of carrier oil. So that's Great. a very kind of easy rule of thumb.
0: Oh, that's right amazing.
1: There. Thank yeah. you. Um, and then a couple more golden rules when you're using with uh, babies in particular, you want to avoid just some common mistakes. Like think about how much babies are always touching their hands and their feet. Mm. You know, like you put, they're just like always slapping themselves in the face. Basically, (laughs) (laughs) Babies are awesome that way. (laughs) So if you're applying them to children or babies, apply them on places of their bodies that they can't easily touch. So you wouldn't want to put oils, let's say on your baby's tummy, if you don't then put a shirt or a onesie on top of that, because mm. they can very easily kind of, you know, rub their, their bellies and then rub their eyes. And then all of a sudden they've got oil in their eyes and mm. that, that is never good. So if you're putting oils like on their feet, cover it up with some socks, but an easy place to put, <coughs> excuse me, an easy place to put oils on, on babies and kids is down the spine.
0: Mm. Because it's just a
1: very easy access place for you. And it's a place that they can't then accidentally touch a lot and and then get yeah. eyes. yeah awesome um, yeah and remember that citrus oils are photosynthetic so lemon lime orange uh bergamot these are citrus oils that if uh if put under direct sunlight on the skin can get like rashy and a little burny so and that's the same rule for adults too i just tell them don't slather yourself in lemon and then go sunbathing that will not be yeah good. Yeah, yeah for sure And then the last golden rule is just that teamwork makes the dream work so if your child is under the care of a pediatrician or has a medical condition then inform your care practitioner your care team that you're using essential oils and preferably if you can find someone who's familiar with the safe and appropriate use of essential oils that's great that's sometimes easier said than done but, um, you, you know, just be aware that there are certain medications that can interact with essential oils in ways that we really don't understand yet. There's just not a lot of research in that area. So mm. if the research is limited and your child has, you know, a medical condition or is using medication for some reason, then it pretty much safe to err on the side of caution in those cases, Mm -hmm. Um, unless you've got a lot of experience behind you or you're working with someone that has some experience um, that really comes down to your comfort level, but it's something to be aware of.
0: Definitely. Wow. Those are amazing tips. Thank you. That's like five really, really good tips. I think that parents, that people, parents listening, especially moms in, in, in my experience, it's a lot of moms that are open to this, um, but you just answered so many questions right there. Thank you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: could you give us your, maybe, you know, one or two of your favorite oils for wind down and sleep?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. So I, and I have a um, a PDF, it's called the Safe use for kids um, in essential oils, and at the end, I have a couple recipes, so I'll, I'll share Ooh, those. Thanks. Uh, but I'll, I'll give a link to that if people prefer to see it written. Down Amazing. So that's Thank a little you. easier. Um, but I have a calm down time recipe, and for that, uh, just I like to put these kinds of things in a diffuser or maybe a spray. Okay. Want to make a spray, but uh, in a diffuser, let's say. Um, Or if you want to make a properly diluted massage oil, you can mix Mm -hmm. one drop each of coriander. Coriander is such an underrated oil Mm -hmm. when it comes to calm and kids. Coriander, lavender, ylang-ylang, Roman chamomile, and bergamot. So one drop each of those in a diffuser or properly properly diluted. Um, You can diffuse. I recommend diffusing for 20 minutes at a time for up to every two hours, and then okay. just kind of giving it a break. Um, Great. So that's my calm down time for kids. And uh, I also love there's a blend called peace and calming that uh, that Young Living makes that is already pre diluted and or mixed and not mm. sorry, already mixed together that I just, I love that one. That's my go to for kids. I remember when my daughter was young, we'd be road tripping and she was a baby. And she'd get really upset in the car. <laughs> she was always like unscrewing, you know, at a stop sign, unscrewing the people <laughs> coming and just dripping it like next to her car seat. Amazing, car. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, doTERRA has a kid's line as well. I think that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, okay, so I I was gonna ask you how you got your family to embrace the essential oil lifestyle, but it sounds like, Likely if if you've been holistic your whole life, your husband already knew that. (laughs) Um, And then if you started with the kids from such a young age, maybe everybody was just used to it did you have any struggles with that because i do some some of us have a hard time getting our partners to come especially the male partners to come around
1: to it <laughs> yeah i never had that problem with my husband um you know we've been hippy dippy since we met so it okay. was a pretty easy <laughs> easy transition there uh, for sure but um with the kids it actually it, it's still a bit of a struggle sometimes my kids are 9 and seven now, or my daughter's about to turn seven, and it's just very natural for kids to, you know, want to be independent from their their parents yes. or the parent recommends anything, and they go no, you know, <laughs> yeah, automatically. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I struggle with that with the oils all the time, and I, I'm not going to pretend otherwise. But one thing that's helped me is since the beginning, really trying to include them in the decision making around oils as much as mm. possible so you know if I want to recommend in my mind I'm recommending oh man my kid really needs like some frankincense right now but if I say that then they're gonna say no so <laughs> instead I'll just you know be like oh you know you want to walk over to my oil shelf I'll let you pick out an oil I'll let you keep it in your room for a while that mm. makes them feel like ooh, special I get to have something from mommy's office or whatever totally. and not make it so and i just let them for the most part um go with the flow so my daughter she loves pink or all things pink and or she did She's sort of transitioned recently <laughs> of course but you know er, in the early days when she would pick out oils she didn't even care what they were called or what they smelled like she just wanted the label was pink labels right <laughs> and i'm like great you know that's a better you know uh, filter for choosing <laughs> your essential oils than any other I know. So I was like, sure, you just pick out a pink one. And, but through that, she discovered grapefruit. She was like, what's that mm. one? It's, and I was like, oh, that's grapefruit. You want to smell it? And she would smell it. And she just loves grapefruit. She mm. loves it. So when she's upset now, she has made that connection on her own. Oh, uh, amazing! is my happy oil, right? So that mm. is her happy oil. And she discovered that, like, she chose that it wasn't enforced on her from me telling her, Oh, you're sad, go pick out some grapefruit, right? Yeah, um, and so because oils are so univ- uh, not, you what's the word, multi purpose, you know, versatile, yeah, versatile, that's the word, yeah, and um, so don't get so caught up on, Oh, you have to use this oil for that situation because you can use lots of different oils for lots of different situations, so I think. Letting your your kids really choose and, and instigate those uses can go miles. I remember my my son once um was having a hard time at night, just emotionally having a hard time. Um, and and he also had a little cough coming on. And he I'm leaving his room for bedtime. And right before I leave, he goes, Mama, uh, can I get a diffuser in my room? You got any of that Frankenstein oil oh. that I can use? I was like, what? You, oh, you're talking about frankincense. He's like, yeah, yeah, I think that would be good for my cough. And like inside, I'm going, yes, yes score." <laughs> yes, score. <laughs> and you know, I played it cool. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I, I think I can make that happen for you, sure. You <laughs> know.
0: Ah, that's beautiful. I love, I love that concept of letting them pick because uh for i have a friend who's who's sort of working on that she has some impatience for sure but she's working on um you know how to, how how to talk to her kids and and i don't know how to best i guess get along because they both her, her her child i think he's 8 and he has quite a temper and and it's really working for them but i think that that would work amazing um for for so many people where you're right like the child doesn't feel like they're being forced into using you know, like a floral if they hate it or right. something like that, right? So yeah. thank you. That's a fantastic uh tip. Um yeah. Sam, I wanna Samantha. I'm sorry, I always Oh, you can Sam. call me Sam. Okay, That's okay. Fine, yeah. Thank you. I just want to touch briefly on the fact that you were a doula. That's super cool. And I've listened to like almost every one of your podcast episodes. There's so many, but one I had missed that I listened to recently. You were you were talking about um, using essential oils throughout and post pregnancy. Could you just talk to us a little bit? We don't have to go into too much detail, but I feel like that would be an that would be sort of an area where people, well, where women might feel a little, um, like I don't know, nervous maybe about using them. Um, but I think it would sound like a beautiful addition to your journey, right? So, c- can you tell us a little bit about how how you would incorporate those?
1: Sure, yeah, and and the short story. As uh, yes, essential oils are safe during pregnancy, but mm-hmm. just like everything else in pregnancy, especially in America, like everything's going to kill you or your baby. So <laughs> anything, <laughs> right? mm-hmm. so it's a very, uh, it's a very sensationalized world. Um, ultimately, it's you that makes that decision on your own. But overall, if you are a healthy person and you are adapted listening to your body, then you should be able to use essential oils safely without worry during pregnancy and beyond. Um, there are some general guidelines to be aware of when using oils in pregnancy. And those are, are pretty common sense. You want to start out really slow. You know, if you, especially if you've never used oils before, if you're brand new to using oils and you start slathering on, you know, 10, 20 drops in one sitting, then your body is going to have a bit of a detox reaction because the mm. oils are very detoxifying. They go into our bodies and they can stir some stuff up. And so you don't really want to stir the pot a lot when you're pregnant. So go really slow. I recommend one drop of oil in the beginning, always dilute, um, quality, quality, quality counts. And then if you're looking at which oils are safe or not safe to use during pregnancy. There's a ton of debate around that, that issue, but I tend to list out, um, these oils should be avoided in excess during pregnancy. It's okay. not that you can't use them whatsoever, but you just don't want to really use them in excess. And those are clary sage or sage. The sages just have tend to have a very strengthening effect to the uterus, mm. which is actually a good thing in moderation but if you really overdo it and you know this really dates back to this uh, bit of a preposterous study (laughs) where they took i believe how the scientists did this one was they took like a mouse and essentially like opened it up to uh, expose the uterus and then literally dropped pure clary sage directly onto the uterus and of course the uterus starts contracting and (laughs) so they go (laughs) They go, well, don't use clary sage in pregnancy, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah, good
0: one. Thanks.
1: So, you know, let's take that into perspective. But, Mm -hmm. you know, better better safe than sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, Idaho, tansy, hyssop, fennel, wintergreen, myrrh, nutmeg, and cinnamon. That's sort of my quick list of let's just be a little extra cautious around the use of those oils. Um, The ones that are pretty universally regarded as safe. For use in pregnancy if you want to just sort of stick to the generally approved list is peppermint um, however beware that in postpartum peppermint can affect milk flow or milk production somewhat mm. i experienced this i, I saw overuse of peppermint because i love peppermint and mm. it's really great for my allergies um, would tend to dry me out because that's what it does for my allergies it kind of dries out my sinuses a bit mm. so i would notice really using a lot of peppermint while breastfeeding i would notice a, a bit of a decrease in my milk mm. supply um, but in pregnancy, it's, you don't really worry about that. Um, lavender, lemon, thieves, peace and calming, gentle babies, cedarwood, frankincense, geranium, grapefruit, sandalwood, orange, and ylang-ylang. So I know I said those all really fast, but those are mm. generally like approved. No one's going to give you a hard time
0: right? Um, when
1: you're using those. So, uh, but some popular recipes, that I have um, during pregnancy. and th- There's a blog article I wrote. I can okay. see if people want to see Great. that, but a, a tummy rub recipe. So putting on for your skin, that's stretching and growing all the time um, is, uh, where's that one? Uh, quarter cup coconut oil, four tablespoons of co- uh, cocoa butter, four teaspoons of sweet almond oil. So that's the base, coconut mm-hmm. oil, cocoa butter, and sweet almond oil. And then six to eight drops each of frankincense, lavender, and gentle babies blend. Um, Beautiful. So you could look up the ingredients in that one and, and mm. mimic that if you want. Um, if your tummy's upset, which often happens, um, peppermint, just directly on the tongue is my favorite use of peppermint, mm. which I call it peppermint bombing. So a lot of yeah. people, it can be a little too strong. So instead you could put it in a capsule, you could put, it in water or tea or you could dilute it and, and rub it directly on your belly
0: mm-hmm. um, beautiful and then
1: for those like kind of aches and pains of of your growing body copaiba uh, peppermint and idaho balsam fir mixed in with a carrier oil and just used as like a muscle rub can be really really beneficial and you can use that during labor as well
0: amazing and then would you um, stretch marks afterwards? Anything? Yeah, I would
1: use that that um, belly rub. The belly rub, yeah. For beautiful. that as well. Yeah, the frankincense, the lavender, uh, gentle babies blend is really, I'm gonna look up the ingredients for that one because that really is a concoction, a, a blend that was specifically made for growing bellies and for pretty mm. much all things um, mm-hmm. babies. So let me find that real quick okay oh, oh what's going on okay that one's got coriander geranium palmarosa lavender ylang ylang roman chamomile bergamot lemon jasmine rose wow
0: yeah, hmm Wow, that's a goodie. That's a great one. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> you hear the Roman chamomile coming up a lot,
1: eh? <laughs> yeah, it's a really f- powerful flower mm-hmm. that it, it's very gentle as well. So, its sister plant, German chamomile, is likewise very powerful, but almost a little too powerful. So, that one's rec- usually recommended to avoid for babies in particular. Okay. The German chamomile, but the Roman chamomile is very, very gentle.
0: Good. Good to know. Thanks, Samantha. Yeah. Okay. That was all fascinating. I'm going to just, um, I want to ask you, and we touched on it just really quickly. So, you know, people are, people are, they can be nervous or there's a lot of hesitation is the word, you know, even with my family members and some friends, um, they're just, they're just hesitant to embrace essential oils. And I'm, I'm curious what your take is, you touched on it briefly, but on why people are so afraid of a natural, you know, plant medicine, but not of pharmaceuticals. Do you think it's just because we've, we've become so accustomed to listening to being told to listen to doctors and not that I don't think that there's room for both. Cause I, I truly, I do, but right.
1: What do you think the stigma is? Yeah, I, I think it's a very complex answer that stems from a lot of different places, but I guess it could really be boiled down to just fear of the unknown. Mm. There's a lot of people that it's just unfamiliar territory for them. And when we we start out in unfamiliar territory, especially when it's in the context of self-empowerment or self-care, holistic care, where you're almost putting yourself in the role of care practitioner, whether that's for yourself or for, especially for other people, if you're a mom and you're making these decisions for your children, we are so used to equating that to a doctor who has gone through, you know, 12 years of medical school and Mm -hmm. has all, you know, it's this very expensive um, it's this expensive hat to wear, right? Yes. And a lot of time and money to, then be able to say, okay, now I have the education and the power to make these medical decisions for other people. And I think when we look at making our own medical decisions or or taking care of ourselves, it's hard to separate that Western medical model of thinking versus just a self-care living a healthy lifestyle thinking we, we have those, those gray lines get mixed together all the time. And we have a hard time separating them. And when that happens, we go, well, I don't have a 12 year degree. So how could I possibly make these decisions for myself? Mm-hmm. Right, And um, I think that's a big root of it is that that fear of being allowed to wear that hat. And that is a hat that I've proudly worn for a long time. Uh, You know, Mm. my journey, when people ask, you know, really, how did your journey with essential oils start? I kind of laugh and say, well, it actually started when I was young. I was, um, you know, a young, a 19 year old just for becoming sexually active. So y'all can make fun of me at at how how long it took me to (laughs) become sexually active, but you know, I was like 19 and going, all right, you know, what are my options here? And I looked at all my options for
0: birth control. For
1: birth control. And mm-hmm. I was just like, well, these are all crap. I really don't, mm, don't like it sure options." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that really spurred me to look into you know, Western medicine and the medical decisions that I then had to make for myself and the options that Western medicine was giving me and going. who came up with these, these solutions? These are terrible, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially for women. And it empowered me to then look into alternatives like fertility awareness. That's essentially what I ended up embracing, which then led me down this rabbit hole of getting very involved in childbirth. I became, Mm -hmm. a I almost became a midwife and it really all came from this viewpoint of, well, the model that I've grown up in really isn't providing me the answers that I am pleased with, I think there's got to be better solutions out there. And if I'm going to find them, I have to wear that hat. I have to find them and make those decisions for myself. Mm. So that wrote, you know, that kind of revelation happened at a young age for me. And so I've been comfortable for a long time making those kinds of, um, decisions about my body and what I put in it, what I put on Mm -hmm. it, what I use to heal, what I, what I use to live. And I think for other people, that sense of self- empowerment uh, just takes a little bit longer. To yes, come to. I love that
0: analogy. i I had never really thought of that. It's like looking at yourself as the doctor almost, right? And that would be would make people quite nervous.
1: Yeah. And and it's, you know, I, I had this experience a few years ago, my daughter was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Mm. And that was a, such a terrifying moment in our oh. in our family history. And I remember when this happened, I completely reverted into someone just tell me what to do, please, some mm-hmm. doctor somewhere, please just give me the answers because I don't have the emotional capacity right now to make these decisions on my own. And that's Mm -hmm. what I needed. And I have absolute respect for people that need that. Um, whether it's in, in childbirth, you know, I hate, I'm just so anti mom shaming, like for moms who decide, you know, they want to be seen by an obstetrician and what's best for them is maybe a scheduled C-section let's not shame moms for that. Just because you're the mom that's like, no, I'm going to give birth at home by myself. I'm not even going to have a midwife. You know, those are very different. People like to pit those against each other as yeah. if they are mm-hmm. completely different sides of some spectrum, but they're not, it's just women making decisions for themselves that they feel comfortable making. So if the decision you need to make is to not be the one to make the decisions and let someone else make those decisions like a doctor or like an obstetrician, then that is hundred percent valid. Like that Mm -hmm. is absolutely okay. So, you know, back to when my daughter was diagnosed with Lyme disease, I I needed to be that mom. I needed to be the, the person who says, I, I just can't make these decisions right now. Mm -hmm, Like someone mm -hmm. needs to tell me what to do and what the solution is. And I was so grateful for the, the Western medical care that, Mm -hmm. you know, we were under during that time in, you know, but you know, a year later when it wasn't working, when she wasn't healing, when things started to go a little bit sideways, I did finally kind of wake up as I needed to, I needed to wake up and take a step back and be like, okay, what's really going on with my child?
0: Mm-hmm. And what
1: are, what are my, what are my other options? Because the options that have been given to us right now just aren't working and I'm starting to have serious doubts around them. And that, you know, so her journey really shifted and it really needed to shift. And that really took me kind of waking out of that sheep mentality of yes. telling me what to do. Okay. Now I'm going to actually do some more research. I'm going to look at other options and I'm going to, you know, really fight for what my child needs right now. And that's, that's what needed to happen in that situation. That, that doesn't always happen, but it's kind of, it was kind of a full, full circle moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, okay,
1: Sam, you've done this before. You can do this again. And that's what needs to happen right now.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. And I appreciate you touching on that fact too, the, the shaming thing, because it, it's true in, 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 women are pitted against women in so many areas and aspects of life, you know, and, and the fact that it is in, in, in where they're going to give birth to their child or whether they're going to breastfeed or not, or what they're going to use as a, as remedies. I think that's not so, thank you for bringing yeah, up that point. It is, it it's is a very, very, beautiful all... point that yeah. um, women should be supporting women, um, in whatever, in whatever that they choose to do. Samantha, this was amazing as I knew it would be. Thank you so much. I want to ask you your um, couple of final questions, if that's okay with you. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I love the one um, because I'm pretty into detox uh, these days and and healthy living. And I would love to know what is one thing that you would tell listeners to ditch today?
1: to ditch today. Yeah, I do. I love asking this question and I forgot to prepare myself and <laughs> today, you know, cause it's always, it's always kind of changing, but I really do have this, um, this stigma against, uh, against vegetable oil. <laughs> I really yes. hate vegetable oil. <laughs> yes.
0: Like If
1: people could just replace like canola oil or those like, kind of mixed vegetable oils for cooking, if they could replace those with either coconut oil, um, butter, lard, or, um, even bacon grease. Sometimes I prefer to Mm -hmm, those, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Uh, I think that can make a really big impact in your health. Like just doing a little bit of research into how those, um, hydrogenated oils are made. If you look into how those are made, it'll kind of gross you out and be like, Oh yeah, I do not want that in my body. There's Way yes, alternatives
0: and major inflammatories and they're just they're just horrible and so yeah. widely accepted and part of the problem with those too is they're so cheap and there's a re- just yeah. like the oils there's a reason that it's so cheap right exactly, exactly. yeah good one okay and then this one self-care practice that you do daily. I listened to you to a podcast with you recently where you were being interviewed and you're like, Oh man, I don't do many things every single day. So I was wondering when I was asking you this, if you're going to have one and if not every day, <laughs> something that you do frequently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hence, when I, I've i been asking this question at the end of every episode of my podcast for you know six years now. Mm-hmm. And the reason I've, I've always asked that question is because I truly do have this fascination with people that, Are able to do something every single day to take. Yeah, the superpower of like, whoa, dedication. do something (laughs) every day, like that's amazing. (laughs) I, I am not a habitual person, but hence, when I ask this question, I always say, "What's." One self care practice you try to do. Every try day. to do. Yes, so I yes. always, I always <laughs> add that try word in. Yeah. Um, but I will say, the past uh, couple months, I've been really up in my self care game. I'm very proud of myself, Ooh. and I have been doing hit exercises pretty regularly, like Great. just in front of my uh, my TV. Like today, it was uh, it was ten o'clock, and our interview was at eleven. I was like, okay, I have one hour. Can I get a hit workout in and shower? And blow dry my hair because I, I thought we were gonna be on camera <laughs> and do all those things. I was like, I think I can. So I even I just did for 10 minutes, I did a hit workout and I was yes. sweating. I was hurting. I was like, okay, all right, I did it. And that that made me feel great. And then on days that I can follow that up with a sauna, I have a little. A, a pop-up sauna for my house Beautiful. it's like this little tent that pops up and so on days that I can get a hit workout in followed by a sauna I just feel like I am winning I was like this is yes. great <laughs>
0: beautiful and you do look beautiful I should probably let people know I'm not I'm not videoing recording them I've got like a ponytail and huge glasses on and you look gorgeous well thank you Samantha so much I I honestly that was everything I hoped and knew it would be I really appreciate you I appreciate your podcast I'm going to uh, attach it of course in the show notes and uh, and some of the recipes that you gave us and uh, all of the pointers for sure.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, So Amber. can you I just let us it. know, thank you, where people can find you? Yeah. So, you know, the most consistent place I show up on the internet is by far my podcast, The Essential Oil Revolution. So you can find that anywhere you get podcasts. Mm-hmm. I do have an Instagram account at Sam Lee Wright. I'm not very consistent with it, but you can find me there. For sure. Perfect. And uh, my website, Samantha dot is sort of my home base for my podcasting world as well as I'm, I'm transitioning to mentoring other podcasters now. So I offer an online course about podcasting and that's been my, my kind of new passion project that I'm really excited about. So for people that are kind of podcast curious, I've got a free workshop up at Samantha dot If you want to kind of get a beginner's guide to podcasting as well.
0: Beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Samantha. I'll include all of that in the show notes. And uh, again, thank you so much. And I hope you have a fantastic day
1: today. Thank you, Amber. Appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Hi, friends. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you were able to gain some new insight and knowledge into wellness. The goal here is to develop healthy habits for long-term success in health and happiness. Speaking of health and happiness, if you're feeling like you're not living in the body you should be, reach out to me, work with me to transform your energy, reduce inflammation, Shed pounds, sleep better, and feel damn good. My 12-week one-on-one program is available now. Email me at amberpachla, A-M-B-E-R-P-A-C-H-L-A at yahoo.ca to book your free 45-minute consultation and see if we are the right fit. I love helping others, and I know I can help you. If you're ready, if you enjoy the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could subscribe and follow and leave a review on iTunes. Sharing on Instagram and Facebook also is immensely appreciated. Let's continue our shift into wellness, support each other along the way, and be the best we can be from the inside out.